Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Fire up that warp course, Scotty. It's Friday night and it's Inside Sports. Here's what's going on in the NHL. Second period, Rangers and Flyers tied at 1. Wild lead the Blue Jackets 2-0. Avalanche up 1-0 on the Hurricanes. Later, it is Buffalo and Vegas. Of course, the Golden Knights have now won seven in a row. Penguins and the Ducks. That game will start at 8 o'clock. Raptors trail the Hornets 25-23. Second quarter about to start in Toronto. And it is the wild card game at the Briar. Now, last year... Alberta's own, Edmonton's own Brendan Botcher won the wild card game at the Briar and went all the way to the championship game uh, only to lose. In fact, Brendan Botcher has lost the Briar final the last two years. He's going to join us in about an hour to tee up another appearance for him. He does not have to go through the stress of the wild card game this year. Instead, it is Mike McEwen from Manitoba and Glenn Howard from Ontario playing each other and we'll keep you updated on that one throughout the evening. Uh, Pandas basketball tonight in Saskatoon for the Canada West final. Pandas hockey at Claire Drake Arena starting game one of their best of three Canada West final against Mount Royal. Oil Kings on home ice against Lethbridge at seven so we'll get you into the loop on those once those games really get going. Oh the curling by the way is in the fifth end. McEwen and uh, and Howard are tied 2-2. The Oilers full practice today. And uh, it looks like good news for Athanasiu and Yamamoto, both on the ice and both participating in what would appear to be their regular line combinations. Athanasiu on the left side with McDavid and Ennis. Dreisaitl centered Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto, so that deadly line back together. Now, it's not for sure Yamamoto's going to play tomorrow against the Jets. We'll have the game on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 6.30. The game will start at 8, but Yamamoto was in a regular rotation, wasn't in a different color jersey, wasn't limiting his participation, anything like that. He was right back with his regular line makes. Cassian, who is coming back from suspension, was on the left side with Shane and Archibald, Haas centered Kara and Chase on James Neal, Marcus Granlin, and Patrick Russell formed what would be the fifth line. Now, Neal still getting through an injury here. Granlin and Russell likely to be the healthy scratches tomorrow. Joachim Nygaard still recovering from the broken arm. Chris Russell also a possibility to play tomorrow. Um, you know, maybe Dave Tippett said he'll be looked at again in the morning. He's been out almost two months as he's gone through concussion protocol. So uh, maybe we'll see Chris Russell activated for tomorrow's game. Mike Green, however, one of the newest Oilers. He was acquired Sunday night while the Oilers were beating Los Angeles. He has a sprained MCL. You probably saw that bit of a hit he took against Vegas a couple of days ago. He has a sprained MCL, so he is going to be out three to four weeks. So tough for the Oilers. There is a little good news, though, that double-A is okay after only playing a shift in the third period in Vegas, and it looks like Yamamoto is probably going to play tomorrow. I mean, if he doesn't play tomorrow, you got to think he goes on the road trip and plays on Monday. And it's a little bit of a, a little bit ironic here. James Neal originally was 
day-to-day, and it's dragged out for him to be week-to-week. And originally we were told Yamamoto was week-to-week. He might only miss two or three games. So anyway, that's the Oilers' update. And Yamamoto says absolutely his ankle feeling better. You know, it's been feeling better um, every day. So um, we're going to see how it feels tomorrow and um, kind of go off that. When, when, it, when it happened, I mean, obviously you, you finished the game. So what was it like actually getting through that game? Uh, it wasn't too bad. It was a little painful, but... Um, you know, taped it up and, um, you know, kind of just got through the game and then talked to the doctors and stuff like that. And they said it uh, wouldn't be, like, my best attentions to play. So, um, you know, as again, we'll see tomorrow, see how I feel, and I'm going to go from there. Yamamoto has been excellent for the Oilers. A point a game, 21 points in 21 games, incredibly tenacious on the puck. He's really added a lot to the Oilers' top six. He's helped that line with Settle and Nugent Hopkins really sing and, Yamamoto says, yeah, I can just pick up where I left off. It's always tough, um, you know, when you're sitting out games. Um, you know, guys in here, um, you know, they, they're doing a good job. So, um, you know, hopefully I can get back out soon and, um, you know, con- keep contributing. All right, so there's the latest on Kyler Yamamoto. And, and I got to say, the Oilers missed him. Those two games in, in Anaheim and Vegas, they, they definitely missed him. They still had their scoring chances in both games, but uh, that, that was a bit of a struggle. Well, maybe not a struggle, but that line was not as effective with first Archibald and, Jen, and then Chase on playing with Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins. Dave Tippett looking forward to getting both Yamamoto and Cassian back and having their energy around. Good energy, like you say, tenacity. And, and uh, Yamo obviously had a great mix on that line. Cass, uh, Cass is really anxious to get back and going. He's a real passionate guy that wants to help the team any way he can and uh, has been out for a little bit, so it'll be, uh, he'll give us a little boost coming back also. So. And Captain Connor McDavid also welcoming those two guys back. Yeah, they're both energy guys. They both skate real well. Um, you know, Cass uh, brings a lot, of, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, and, and Yamo, yeah, he's, he's so good at keeping pucks alive for, for those two guys. Um, he's always going out and getting them the puck, and um, it helps them out a lot. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, definitely miss those two and, and uh, look forward to having them tomorrow. Now, Zach Cassian has missed a total of nine games to suspension over the last couple of months. He got two for going after Kachuk in Calgary and then seven for the kick against Tampa Bay. He was talking to Jack Michaels about this latest unexpected break. There's definitely more pros than cons. Um, For me, obviously, I've skated really hard for the last two weeks, uh, more than I probably would skate in a game. Um, And I got to recharge the, the body and mind, and there's no question that I'm definitely recharged and re-energized and ready to go. Will there be a, a feel period? I honestly don't feel like that because the strength the strength and conditioning coaches and uh, wise, our assistant coaches, skated me so hard, um, made sure my skills stay stay sharp and my fitness level stay stay high along with my skating legs. So um, I'm looking at it as a, as a positive and looking forward to getting back. Now, before the suspension, you weren't quite at the level yeah. you felt you needed to be. Uh, does this recharge help with that? Because it, it's not like the suspension came at a time where you were rolling and then you got to restart. Yeah, well, I think you're going to struggle through an 82-game season. I just in mine, mine, I was in a little bit of a drought, obviously, with five or five to ten games with 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 not many points. But I think that's going to happen throughout throughout an 82-game season. But with the break, obviously. 
we uh, have had had a chance to to recharge and, and ready to go. Like I said earlier, there's really no excuses for me not to be ready. From a points perspective, is it important for a guy like you to remember who you are first, and then the points will come? Because for me, when I watch you play, the points always seem as a byproduct of the other stuff you do yeah. for checking and, and yeah. being physical. Yeah, I think that's those are those have to be cemented in my game. I have to be moving my feet. I have to be physical. I have to be going to the net. I have to be shooting the puck. Those things have to be cemented, and if those things are cemented in my game, everything else follows. And obviously, the points are going to come. Obviously, if you're playing with upper in the lineup with with Connor or Leon, you're going to get your points. Um, but it's up to me to to be physical and, and be skating and be emotionally engaged in the game. That's where that's where I help this team win hockey games. And then the points are just kind of icing on the cake. But you've also been through it on the other side when the others were sellers, and you've had to say goodbyes to some friends. Were you charged up by what Ken Holland and management did at the yeah. deadline? Yeah, very, very charged up. I think you watch from afar. I wasn't with the guys, but you get excited. You get a sense of excitement. You get a sense of uh, rejuvenation. Not that we weren't excited before, but um, your GM just goes out and, and makes your team better and shows faith in you. And I think everybody um, was extremely happy with the people we got and the pieces we got. Now it's up to us. So you basically put the chips uh, on us, and now it's up to us to deliver. And we're looking forward to the home stretch here. Obviously, the fans are going to get involved, and it's, it's a good time to be an oiler and obviously an important stretch of games here left that is zach cassian back tomorrow against the winnipeg jets speaking to jack michaels the play-by-play voice on ched and the oilers radio network thanks for tuning in tonight it is 6 16 inside sports on oilers and eskimos radio 6 30 ched my name is reed wilkins if you would like to participate in the program you are welcome to do so by calling 780-496-0063 or texting that same number since it is a pleasantly weathered Friday evening, there's another way you can participate. Get your favorite snack food and your favorite beverage, your favorite lounge chair, cuddle up with your favorite loved one, and listen to Inside Sports. Sound fair, Kellen? Yeah. Not you, by the way. I don't want to see you enjoying yourself at all. Oh, wow. Same in there. You better be exhausted by the end of this program, physically and emotionally. You too. You better give it 110%. Trust me, I'm already exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. A lot to talk about this evening. Tyler Ennis, the Edmonton kid, will play his first home game in Edmonton in over a decade. You'll hear from him when we get back. Tonight at 8, after Inside Sports, it's Charles Adler Tonight. Real stories, meaningful conversations, and informed opinions on your issues. Here's what Charles is working on tonight. Maverick MP Jody Wilson-Raybould joins me live from 8.30 with the answers as protests and blockades keep burning across Canada. Live Canadian perspective. Don't miss it. Charles Adler Tonight, 8 p.m. on 6.30 Ched. American Gigolo. American Gigolo. From Maladroit. That's a good album. 
Kevin texting in. He says, uh, Reed, you want me to grab my favorite beverage, my favorite food, and my favorite loved one? I might as well just grab the whole case of beer and then sit in my favorite lounger. That's pretty funny. Peter from Wainwright says, I'm outside with a nice cold Ripstone Creek citrus ale, barbecuing some burgers, listening to the show. Peter, thank you. Hope it turns out to be a great meal. Uh, Ripstone, uh, they're from, uh, yeah, they're from Edgerton. It's a good brewery, but I like their lager. That's a really solid lager. Peter, hope it's a great night. Thanks to everybody tuning in this evening. It is Inside Sports on 630, Chad. We have the Oilers and the Jets tomorrow, 630 face-off show. The game starts at 8. Tyler Ennis, two games as an Oiler, has a goal and an assist playing with Connor McDavid. 30 years of age, and I talked to him today after Oilers practice, and I said, hey, man, when was the last time you played a game in Edmonton as a member of the home team? Probably midget. Probably for the Casey, uh, the Pats. So a long time ago. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, it's really special to, to be a part of this organization, especially growing up as a, such a big Oilers fan. Tell us about the lead-up to the to the trade deadline. I mean, certainly your name was out there. Do you pay? Did you pay attention to any of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was out there. So we were in Columbus on the road, and we actually had a game that day. But um, my name was swirling around so much, I was just kind of watching TSN and um, waiting for it. You know, talking to my agent and kind of seeing what was going to happen. And uh, got the call and was uh, was very excited. But again, uh, super excited to be a part of the Oilers. But always, uh, you know, want to thank Ottawa for giving me an, a good opportunity and uh, treating me so well and they have such a great staff and, and coaching staff and trainers and, and such a great group of guys over there so um, amazing to be an Oiler but also uh, was was fun being a part of the sense. You jump into a pretty tight playoff race this team has battled through a lot this year more news today about Mike Green going down uh, I mean so you get kind of thrown right into the fire here. Yeah that's unfortunate about Greeny especially you know um, just coming over and, and getting hurt quickly, uh, it's always tough. Um, so uh, moving forward, though, our focus, we have to win games. We're right in a playoff push, which is exciting uh, for me. Um, you know, being outside the playoffs for a while in Ottawa, jumping into a, a playoff push is awesome. And we had a good practice today, and we'll move forward. You've obviously seen Connor McDavid played against him. I know it's just two games as as a teammate on his line, but what, what have you learned just from those two games? I mean, the speed is is ridiculous. You know, he's uh, he's so special. It's fun just being out there watching him. You know, just being out there with him is it's, it's really crazy. And you know, it's hard for people to fathom, even myself, just how talented he is and how fast he is. It's it's unreal. So it's been a, a pleasure uh, playing with him on the ice, and uh, I think we had a good day today. I think uh, we're, we're learning each other's tendencies, Double uh, A and myself and Connor, and really just trying to talk and compete and, and, and just kind of get used to each other. So Saturday against the Jets, how many friends and family do you think might be in the stands or are looking for tickets? Yeah, to be honest, it's been good. Like, you know, I've had a lot of text messages and stuff, but I think they all know, like, the focus is, is definitely on the playoffs and, and, and being good on the ice. So that other stuff, uh, you know, will kind of hopefully take care of itself. I don't want to be too focused on that stuff. I want to be focused on uh, on playing well on the ice, but uh, I'm assuming there'll be quite a few people. In terms of the Senators, there is a pretty neat story with Bobby Ryan coming back, you know, after his battle, and and he gets a hat trick right in his first game back. Yeah, what a what a great guy he is, and uh, he's a big part of that room. He's 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 such a 
nice person. He's hilarious. He's uh, he's just a good guy. Everybody loves him there. Obviously, uh, you know, had his struggles and uh, you know worked through it. Did a great job coming back, getting into shape, and uh, I mean, getting a hat trick. Uh, you know, it's it's so special. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know, every guy in that room is, is so happy of him, so happy for him, and so proud of him. And um, yeah, just a great night for him. That is Tyler Ennis, and that was a pretty uh, special moment for Bobby Ryan last night. Of course, went into the uh, the uh, the alcohol rehab program with the National Hockey League, jumped back into action last night and picked up a hat trick in Ottawa. That was a pretty special moment for him, and hopefully things keep going well for Bobby Ryan. It is 6.26, Jets coming to town. What's going on with Patrick Line? Jamie Thomas from Jets TV will give us the story there. Colton Pareko, St. Louis Blues defenseman, is going to hop on in the second hour of the show. He got a big overtime goal for the Blues last night. He'll also share some of his uh, thoughts, his perspective on seeing what Jay Bomeister has had to go through and the ovation he got last night at the Blues game. This portion of Inside Sports... Presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. season he and his mates shut out Wednesday in Vegas he'll go for 100 tomorrow against the Winnipeg Jets here's what's going on in the NHL tonight the Rangers trail the Flyers 3-1 in the second period and Chris Kreider suffering a fractured foot in that game less than a week after the Rangers signed into that contract extension late second period in Columbus Minnesota looking good again up 4-0 on the Blue Jackets and also in the second period the Avalanche lead the Hurricanes 2-0 Tyson Jost both goals in that game for the Avalanche he now has seven on the season later tonight the Sabres will face the Golden Knights and the Penguins will play the Ducks Raptors struggling so far tonight down 50-39 to the Hornets with a minute and a half left in the second quarter Canada West women's basketball championship game in Saskatoon tough go so far for the U of A Pandas they trail the Huskies 28-15 that one is Halfway through the second quarter, we'll keep you updated on that one. The Oil Kings face off at 7 against Lethbridge, or they're in Lethbridge. Uh, Pandas Hockey, 7 o'clock at Claire Drake Arena. Game one of their best of three, Canada West final against Mount Royal. The Briar Wild Card play-in game. It is Glenn Howard leading Mike McEwen 3-2 in the sixth end. Speaking of the Briar, Alberta skip Brendan Botcher will join us tonight between 7 and 7.30 as he takes another run at the championship. He has been defeated in the final the last two years. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. You can call or text 780-496-0063. 
Hope your weekend is off to a great start. Looking forward to that Oilers-Jets game tomorrow. Then Edmonton back on the road Monday. They will visit Nashville Tuesday in Dallas and then Thursday at Chicago. Back home one week from tomorrow, Saturday, March 7th. They're going to be taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that is your next five for the Oilers who have gone just one, two, and two in their previous five. So Mike Green out three to four weeks with an MCL sprain. Chris Russell could be back on defense tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu will play tomorrow, and it looks good for Kyler Yamamoto playing, though uh, we won't know officially until tomorrow morning. So you could have Cassian coming back. Well, he will come back and, and, and maybe coming back on the third line. Alex Chason bumped down to the fourth line with Haas and Jujar Kara. A lot has been made over the last couple of years of the Oilers' lack of depth. I don't know if their depth is ideal this season, but certainly deeper than it has been over the last two two years. And Dave Tippett says you absolutely need four lines at this time of year. I think the Vegas game was a great, great game for us because you see them, like, they're a deep team, not a lot of injuries right now. they got four lines coming at you. That's what we're going to need. That's what we're going to need down the stretch here. So however it plays out where, you know, depending on the injuries, how it plays out and depending on what happens with Connor's line, those two new guys, we'll see, get a feel there. The, the one line that I that I like was uh, was the dry side of line and I like Sheehan and Archie together. After that, there's there's going to be some mixing and matching. But uh, ultimately, we got to get to a point where we feel comfortable. We have four lines we can throw over the boards because that's what these games are going to do. You know, you need to have depth there to to get through. And, you know, you look at how the schedule is and you're playing back-to-backs and just the intensity of games, you're going to need a lot of people. So where they all fit right now, uh, we'll see. I'll cross that bridge when they all get here, you know. But, uh, but, uh, um, you know, the more we can get back, the, the more options we have to get to that point where we feel like we have depth in the lineup and and not just depth in the lineup but depth that we think can be you know every night we have four competitive lines well that's what the Oilers are looking for when James Neal is healthy he'll be back in, in I think in a fairly prominent role with the Oilers I don't know if he'll necessarily jump back up on a McDavid's wing but he'll play he'll get back on the power play he does have 19 goals this season and uh Joachim Nygaard's going to jump back in and give the team a little bit of speed I, I mean look it, it assu- and it's a big assumption to say that everybody is healthy because for the Oilers everybody hasn't been healthy for a while now but you, you think Neil might push Kara out of the lineup and then maybe Nygaard comes back in and there could be some shuffling around. I mean, does Chase on play absolutely, absolutely every game? I, I don't know if he does. He could be somebody that is flopped in and out as well. And uh, I think at this point, Granlin and Patrick Russell looking like the, the players much further down the depth chart who, you know, might play if needed. But if they start getting some players back, they're not going to be needed as often. And, and I do think they miss James Neal. He hasn't been great five-on-five. Five. He doesn't skate well, but I think he has a bit of a presence out there, and he has helped the power play with some net front presence and being able to bang in some goals with the man advantage. So he's probably still another couple of weeks from getting back in the lineup. I think the biggest loss in all this has been Oscar Clefbaum. 25-minute-a-night defenseman, plays in all situations, does everything pretty well. 
and uh, they haven't had him for a while. This means Darnell Nurse has had to play more. Caleb Jones has had to play more. Again, they could get Chris Russell. It could, could be Chris Russell and Benning back together on the Oilers' third pairing tomorrow night with Mike Green out of action. But we'll uh, see exactly how they line up tomorrow at the uh, at the morning skate. One of the, one of the things that has sort of changed the Oilers' fortunes here over the last 22 or 23 games, I mentioned that, that Yamamoto has been called up and has done really well, and it's given Dave Tippett the opportunity to split up Drysaddle and McDavid. Dave, following up on Terry's question then, can you maybe share a thought on how easy or difficult it was for you to convince Connor and Leon that, they are be- that the team is better if they can run apart? Well, I think some of it was just finding the, finding the depth that they felt comfortable that, that uh, the two of them didn't meet, need to be together to, to make stuff happen, you know, with when uh, Yamo came in and, and knew that line took off right away. I mean, Drysaddle felt good that he could he could mesh with those guys, and now these guys we've got coming with Connor. Hopefully, we can find some of that same chemistry too. So, they they wanted both those guys. They have an unbelievable will to win, and they take a lot of responsibility on that each of them as being top players. And early on, I think that they thought the, the best way to do that was the two of them together, they can will us to win. And they, they did a lot of games early. But as we go on here, we, we find out that the more depth we have, the better chance we have to sustain winning long term. And it makes it much harder for matchups for other teams. And you get into long playoff series, and I think you saw this, you know, a few years ago when uh, Edmonton was in the in the playoffs last, that they got split up, and they were both good players. So ultimately, they play together at situations on in the game. But for us to be the the team that I think we have to be to be top contenders, I think each of them can drag a lot of people with them. All right, a little bit there from Dave Tippett. And certainly Dreisaitl, we've talked about a lot, has, in my mind, emerged as a top candidate for the Hart Trophy. And McDavid has come back, got six points in his first two games back from injury, held off the score sheet against the Vegas School of the Knights. But that, that's been the biggest change, I think, for the Oilers, is now you don't have to play those two players together all the time. You can have, hopefully, at least two offensive lines and maybe some bottom six players who can score occasionally. And then uh, if they're not scoring, they can chip in with some checking and some penalty killing and all those other little things that help team, teams win. Mike Smith is the expected starter tomorrow. He's been very good over the last couple of months. He's going to carry the load, I think, here down the stretch. Uh, I know for, I hear from a lot of people who think Koskinen has still been used too much. I don't think so. I, I don't think it's unreasonable for Koskinen to play three out of every ten games. That's approximately what it's been lately. They usually split the goaltenders in back-to-backs, so I would expect that to happen in Nashville and Dallas next week. I mean, probably for Smith, he starts three of the next four. He starts tomorrow. He starts two out of three on the road trip. Uh, you know, then they're, they're, then they're home for a few games. Maybe Smith even will play all those home games. But he's he has become the primary goalie, and he's really bounced back from that tough November and December that he had. Okay, we're going to take a quick timeout. It is 6.43, a little more from Dave Tibbet. We're going to get to Jamie Thomas, who covers the Winnipeg Jets, all ahead on Inside Sports. Tonight at 8, after Inside Sports, it's Charles Adler tonight. Real stories, meaningful conversations, and informed opinions on your issues. 
Here's what Charles is working on tonight. Maverick MP Jody Wilson-Raybould joins me live from 8.30 with the answers as protests and blockades keep burning across Canada. Live Canadian perspective. Don't miss it. Charles Adler tonight, 8 p.m. on 6.30 Ched. Crider fractured foot tonight for the New York Rangers. Tough loss for them as they have been able to uh, stay afloat in the playoff race. Two points out of a wild card spot in the East coming into tonight's game. They're nine and one in their last ten. They have won five in a row, and uh, the Rangers tonight, however, trailing the Flyers three one after two periods. Uh, you can text 780-496-0063. This texter says you can't win the Hart Trophy and be double digits in minus. Uh, well, why not? No, like in all seriousness, why not? I don't know. Like, we, like, every, like the whole thing is like, well, plus minus doesn't mean as much. I guess to that texture, it means everything. But I don't know. Leon's a pretty good candidate in my mind. Is he going to win it? I don't know. Would I strongly consider him? Yeah, sure I would. Absolutely I would. I think he's uh, been very important for the Oilers. Made a lot of uh, important plays. Come up big in a lot of big games. Granted, I understand. Uh, I'm looking at the list of Hart Trophy winners. Yeah, most of them have had, have had a pretty good plus-minus along the way. I don't know. I guess if that's the deciding factor for some voters, that'll be the deciding factor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would put Leon on a short list of candidates, though, at worst. But, hey, I'm not a voter, Kellen. Well, not for the Hart Trophy. In real life, I'm a voter. Who votes on that? Is that the writers? or Professional Hockey Writers Association. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, Mark Spector mm-hmm. is uh, one of the guys here who would, uh, who would have a vote. Mm-hmm. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three to uh, call or text. Got a surprising number of angry texts tonight, given that it's Friday and we're trying to have a good time. Everybody is well, off people, venting. People are angry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm here to take it. Take it out on me because I can take it. It's all right. It's all right. I got you. I got you. Better taking it out on me than other people. That's fine. But I think Leon Dreisaitl is a Hart Trophy candidate. All right. Uh, what do we want to get to here? Oh, yeah, I was talking about Mike Smith. He is 10-1-4. He is 10-1-4 since the calendar flipped to 2020. A little bit from Dave Tippett on his goaltender. When your goaltender plays well, and, and both guys, I think, have played well, but what it does is it, it gives your team a swagger. Your goalie goes in there, and they know that you're going to get good goaltending every night. And, and Mike is, you know, he was, his game was down a little bit in December, but he's, he's turned the page and really played well since. And, and he gives, he, whenever a goaltender plays well, it gives your team confidence. 
and that's what Mike does. He's a he's a real solid veteran. He's a he's a vocal leader in that room, and his play is backing up that vocals right now, which has been really good for us. The times that I think he struggles a little bit are when he wants to do so well, he tries too hard. He he just he he wants to he wants to be the best of the best, and sometimes you get trying too hard, and sometimes you just gotta relax and let your talents take over and. Just let the game come to you a little bit, and that's what he's done. He just got back in there. He's just he's playing calm. He's doing things right, and he's playing very well. All right, yeah, Mike Smith. Uh, I, there's something to him when he's when he's in net. I think he he ha- he does have that attitude about him. He dresses up those glove saves sometimes. He's roaming around playing the puck. He sort of has this really frenetic energy. When he's in goal, I think it's rubbed off on the team a bit. He's very vocal. He's very vocal in practice. And uh, I think he has the respect of his teammates. And I, and I think adding to that is how he fought back from having that tough uh, November and December as well. So Smith tomorrow against the Winnipeg Jets. It's an 8 o'clock game at Rogers Place. Kellen, I want to get to something a little bit on the, on the fun side here. Oh, okay. Fun is <laughs> my sound, middle name. You sound tentative. Um, oh, Randy writing in. He says, Reed, you have uh, Leon on a short list. Is your list between 30 to 50 as well? It is not, Randy. In we don't have full scap. In reference to that uh, Twitter account <laughs> that had Dreisaitl uh, 25th to 30th as a, as a Hart Trophy candidate. No, mine's a yeah. little shorter than that, Randy. But I was going to pr- say, appreciate we, you checking in with that. I was going to say, we ran out of full scap, so Reed has to make his list shorter. It's 20 at most, I think, just to save paper. All right, so tomorrow is February 29th. This only happens once every four years. It's the good old leap year. I just thought this was fun. Peter Quinlan is our uh, colleague with Global Okanagan. He's the uh, meteorologist there. Mm -hmm. And he did this awesome explanation of a leap year. Do you ever wonder why we have leap years, that extra 29th day of February once every four years? Well, the reason is because it actually takes the Earth a little bit longer than 365 days to orbit the sun, which is what we constitute as a full year. It actually takes 365.244 days. And how that equates to hours is an extra 5.8 hours missed each year that isn't accounted for in our calendar currently. So without a leap day in 100 years, our calendars would be 24 days off, making the first day of spring the 25th of February. So obviously we don't want that. So we add in one extra day, the 29th of February, once every four years. And that does bring us closer to the average that we should be at, but it doesn't completely solve the problem. We have an extra amount of time, which equates to 11.2 minutes. That is too much each year still, even with that extra day added once every four years. And with that in place, in 100 years, even with leap years every four years, our calendars would still be 18 hours off. So to account for that, we do what's called leap year hopscotch. So we skip a leap year if it falls on the start of a century unless that year is divisible by 400, which by the way, the year 2000 was, which is why we didn't skip a leap year that day. And bringing in the numbers once again, uh, we are still just a smidge off when we account for that leap year hopscotch. It still puts us at 25.9 seconds too much each year, but at that rate, it would take 3,333 years for us to be one day off. So we're not too concerned about that, and hopefully that helps unravel the mystery of leap years. So great. Scientists in 3,300 years are going to be like, oh, wait, those idiots in the past couldn't account for this one measly day? 
I really enjoyed that. That was good. It, it, it's even better with the accompanying video because you can keep track of the uh, the numbers a little bit better. I, I retweeted Peter's video on that. Hmm. So uh, there you go. So usually, usually there wouldn't be a leap year. Pardon me. Yeah, a leap year in if the year is the, the turn of the century, but unless it's divisible by four. So we had one in uh, in 2000. Right. And I, uh, so anyway, I found that pretty interesting. So there you go. You learn something about leap years on Inside Sports as well. I hope. <laughs> it's Peter Quinlan from Global Okanagan. Also had a bit of a fun moment today at the rink. Uh, you heard the interview I did with Tyler Ennis, and I was just double-checking his, uh, his minor hockey trajectory. He was with White Mud West, um, you know, tried out for Southside Athletic Club, got cut, wound up with uh, Knights of Columbus. And I said, what neighborhood did you grow up in? And he says, well, I grew up in Collingwood, and he started describing to me where in the city city Collingwood is. And I said, no, Tyler, I, I, I know all about Collingwood. I used to work at the Collingwood Blockbuster in the, in the mid or late 90s. And he goes, oh, really? He goes, we used to go there all the time, my family and I. And I said, yeah, I think it was 1997 I worked there. It was there. I was there about six months at the old Collingwood Blockbuster on 178th Street. And he said, yeah, that's when we used to go there. I was eight. So, probably at some point, I rented a movie or collected late fees from a young Tyler Ennis and or his family. Isn't that amazing? There you go. Small world. You get more when you buy movies at Blockbuster. Like free rentals. This holiday season, buy any new movie on DVD or video, even the biggest hits, and you'll get a free rental. Free rentals. Another reason the best way to buy is Blockbuster. Any new movie on DVD or video, and you get a free rental. <laughs> what a deal. Should have bought Should have bought Netflix, Blockbuster, should've. I tell you. Should have bought Netflix. <laughs> Corey writing in, he says, uh, Reed, tomorrow is my 12th birthday. Oh, Corey. <laughs> I, I think I know how many times you've actually been around the sun, though. Uh, that's, a, that's a clever one for the February 29th uh, baby. So Brian says that uh, George Steinbrenner was a leap year baby. I did not know that. Uh, this texture says, why would you assume the Ennises were late on their returns? Well, everybody was late once in a while. Everybody brought a movie back late once in a while. <laughs> All right. You can text 780-496-0063. That is also our phone number. Wild card game at the Briar. It's in the seventh end. Glenn Howard leads Mike McEwen 3-2. Our next guest survived the wild card game at the Briar last year and went all the way to the championship game before falling just short, and that is Edmonton's Brendan Botcher. He will check in after the 7 o'clock news and weather. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.